0: A business built on nobility is a business built for longevity. And when you focus on impact and impacting people's lives in meaningful ways, man, like you're you're making a ripple effect that'll last for a long time. And that's the yeah. foundation of business. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast.
1: Hey, podcasters, if you're like me, you love hosting your show, but get discouraged by the time it takes to produce and market the final product. Turn to Podcast Media Machine, the number one solution for podcast design, production, content creation, and management. Visit PodcastMediaMachine.com. That's PodcastMediaMachine.com. Now back to our show. What's up, man? It's Scott again. Today I have with me Kyle, oh, I just screwed it up, so <laughs> uh, Kyle Depius, and yeah. Kyle, yeah, yeah, I nailed it, it took me a yeah. second, so uh, Kyle has guide trips, and we were connected through some a mutual friend, and I couldn't be more excited to talk to this guy, he's already given me a ton of value, having done a bunch of trips himself, and me kind of moving into that direction, so welcome to the show, Kyle.
0: Hey, Scott, I'm uh, excited to be here. This should be a lot of fun um, and I'm looking forward to sharing my story and any, any ways I can help the listeners, I'm, I'm pumped for it. So I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. I, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to find good people to talk to. There's a lot of them out there, but there's a lot of not so great people. And so we already had a great talk. We have some similar passions and um, trajectories. And uh, I first saw guide trips and I'm like, wow. That name says it all. It's pretty, sim- <laughs> pretty simple. So I'd love to hear like kind of the origin of guide trips because I'm really um, wanting to dive deep into a little bit of the the, the current and always struggles men have, and we're gonna rift on that a little bit, a little bit later. What we found out that guys are kind of holding under their chest and uh, yeah. or close to their chest. So let's let's hear why guide trips and a little more about you, if you will.
0: Sure. It's a long story. I'll I'll see how succinct I can be, but I've got a corporate America background uh, about 13 years and I got to this point in corporate America, like I'm sure many can can relate to climbing the corporate ladder and at the top of the ladder for me was a a version of success that was driven by a self-centeredness and ego and materialism and things, right? Achievements, accomplishments, titles, all that stuff. So I felt like I was at the point where I had achieved a lot of what I viewed as success, but the problem was, Scott, was like, I look around and I'm at the top of the ladder and I'm like, well, this sucks. It's not what I thought. Like I'm lonely. Relationships in my life are shallow. I'm extremely unhealthy. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And so what was missing? What was wrong? And I kind of went on this self-reflection journey hitting rock bottom and took me a long time to kind of figure some things out. But I had retired from, I'd like to say retired. It sounds better. I left corporate America in 2015. I was kind of connecting the dots. And I was like, what do I love in life? What do I really enjoy? And to me, it was uncovering the process of learning for other people. And so swung the pendulum from corporate America all the way into uh, going back to get my license to be a teacher in the state of Minnesota. And it's pretty, pretty um, intense on the regulations compared maybe to some other states. So I had to go back to college, so to speak, uh, in an adult learning environment. And... I became a teacher at the same time as I was getting my license to learn how to teach. It was kind of a unique situation. It's called an emergency variance license. And so I taught for two years and I absolutely loved it, Scott. Like it was, it was some of the most fulfilling two years of my life. But I also took about a hundred thousand dollar pay cut to leave corporate America to go back into education. And that's a really, that's a real thing. And that's a whole nother topic. If you want to get into that, we could, we could jam on that for a long time. Um, but what happened was in 2017, my wife Lois, uh, we, we were, she was pregnant. And then in March of 2017, we welcomed our son Cal into the world and she took her three month maternity leave and that put us right up to the end of the school year. And so I took the promotion to a stay at home dad in June of 2017 and, um, we kind of said, my wife and I, Lois, we said, well, if something else would come up from a teaching standpoint, because I, w- I was driving 65 miles one way to teach. And so if if, if we were going to go down that path, we have a young one at home. He'd have to go into uh, some sort of daycare environment at a really young age. And my wife and I just didn't want to do that. That, that. That's not the values and the the way we wanted to raise our mm-hmm. child. And so I stayed home. <clears throat> And in many instances, as we sit here at the end of 2022, I'm still a stay-at-home dad. I'm just building a business in the pockets that we've defined as uh, available to use. So, in in fast forward, then you know the beautiful gift of being a stay-at-home dad is uh, is obvious. You get to uh, spend time with your son, sow seeds in him, have a major impact in his life, and an influence. The other gift was a blank page, a white space for me to say if I want to create something in this world what does it look like what do i want that to be and to me i went back to some of the things that really bothered me in corporate america and if i if i said to myself well if i could interject with that version of Kyle that was really burned out heading down the wrong path like how could i help that version of Kyle and i went to a lot of leadership conferences and seminars and i'm sure you've been to some and the listener has as well and they look like hundreds of thousands of people inside of a Marriott Convention Center Hotel. And you've got a lanyard on with your name on it and you're sitting next to all these strangers and you're listening to guest speaker and guest speaker. And I was the guy who would go to those, but I would soon get bored and I would kind of exit stage right and go surf or go hike or go play golf or whatever the, the adventure was. And I thought to myself, I wonder if we could flip this model and instead of hundreds of thousands of people It was a smaller, intimate group. So you can't hide. You can't hide behind a lanyard. There's no lanyards. We're gonna get to know everyone's story, not just their name. And the learning looked like experiential learning. And you could push people literally outside their comfort zone. So in 2019, I did my very first trip. And much to my surprise, now here's the origin of guys trip. All guys showed up, Scott, and I did not market to all guys, but that's just what was put in front of me. But it was really obvious to me that guys don't have a space or a container where they can share what's going on in their heart. Get as you had said, what's what's on their chest, uh, what's the gorilla on their back, whether it's personal or professional. Guys don't have a space to share that. And it was obvious to me. So I just kept doing the next the next thing that seemed uh, obvious. And I just put kept putting trips out there and fast forward to today. I rebranded it. It wasn't called Guys Trip to begin with. It's now called Guys Trip and it is just for guys. It's for driven men to help them connect, learn, have fun. And um, we've done over 10 of them now and we've got several more coming next year. There's a Guys Saturday model where it's just a half day container to make it more accessible. And uh, we're having fun. Wrote a book on it. I've got a podcast that's being rebranded to Guys Trip now. We're over 220 episodes and and here we are. Uh, I've in, I'm in this accidental entrepreneurship space, kind of leading men uh, through adventures and having fun, but really helping them connect and connect with themselves in more deeper and meaningful ways.
1: Uh, you did that really well, really, really succinct. <laughs> For how much was there, I'm like going, because while you were unpacking your story, because I've heard of parts of it before, while you were unpacking your story, I'm sitting here drawing parallels. So mm. I did a little different I got my master's in education in a very, very competitive state, Massachusetts. There was a lot more to do than where I ended up teaching. And um, I taught, I became an entrepreneur during teaching, was able to leave teaching because of that entrepreneurial. And I was not spending time with my kids. So my values weren't aligning with the work. I was, I was torn. So I was able to work from home. So I, I, I kind of made that transition as well. Then as my boys got older, I went, into corporate. And so, um, it just kind of like a total different, um, trajectory, but same experiences. And I think there's a really important parallel here. Did the corporate thing realize no, not doing yep. that. That definitely doesn't align with my values. Then moved yep. to entrepreneur again. And I've been doing that since and, you know, brotherhood was born out of that, but there's something about going through those, those phases where your values and your time is being challenged. Like there's yep. it, it a challenge in your head and there's something different inside of us and many other men where instead of just like living it and having it sit, letting it sit down inside and eat away at us, we actually do something about it, right? We, yep. we, we make very, very bold changes that are scary. We don't know what the financial implications are going to be. But for me, those have been the best decisions I've ever made. Um, do you feel like that is kind of the same thing. Like this is, do you feel that that's why you're qualified to do what you do?
0: Yeah. I, th- I think we all reach these points in life and there's probably just a handful of them and I call them aha moments. People, there's just different ways to refer to them. And I, I share this in my book too. And I've had a few of them. And one of them was at the, at the really the bottom point of my professional career in corporate America. And I, I just sat with myself thinking, well, I suppose I could just put my head down and keep grinding away for another 10, 15, 20 years to reach this point where I could then just just be done working. Or I could go down a different path. And, and I think if, if we all, you know we'll, we'll talk to men here, if all of us guys just look at look in the mirror and say, I have a choice here, neither of them are, are uh, neither of them are going to be easy. Um, there's a path of least resistance. Um, but there's a path that probably revolves around more fulfillment and, and impact and contribution. And that's the path that I took. And I think a lot of guys, if you sat there and just looked in a mirror, you, you, maybe you find yourself in the same spot. And that's why it's important to listen to podcasts like yours, to go on experiences and trips like yours, where you get around men who have maybe made that leap and they're willing to, um, reach a hand and say, Hey, I, I, I know, I know where you've been, I know where you are, I know where you wanna go, I can help you. And sometimes just being in that environment is incredibly powerful. But for me, we all face these moments of ahas and we're faced with choices and you have a handful of those choices I think in life. And I think you and I have, have made that choice where we're gonna go down a different path.
1: Are most of the men who, um, and I, I agree with you by the way, are, are most of the men who join your trips on a similar path? Do you get corporate guys wondering, like, am I doing the right thing? What is what is the makeup of men that are attracted to your your particular events?
0: We're heavily skewed towards entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no doubt about that. Um, And and to be clear, and you would probably agree with this as well. For those who are in corporate, like my wife, Lois, for example, she's in corporate America and she loves it. Like there's right. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, when you've got defined the life you want to live, the values you want to live by, and you've found the right company with the right leadership and all that stuff and it aligns, that's great. But the majority of the guys that go, probably 80%, I would say, are entrepreneurs. And the others either love what they're doing and they're very confident and comfortable in that, or they make a really good living, but they've got this thing that they want to go out and develop and create and build. And maybe they just don't quite either know how, or they don't maybe have the confidence to do it. And they want to be in the environment where they can borrow that belief from other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad you clarified that like corporate life, corporate, a corporate gig or working sales for somebody, um, whatever it is you do doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. I just think there's so often there's, I've noticed and I've talked to a lot of people that are just so there have this internal battle going on because they, they don't align with everything going on yet. They're stuck with that, the golden handcuffs, right? Like I get paid really well. I really admire people like you that are, are were at such a high level income and then just like, Hey, look, I'm going to do what matters, not what matters financially, but what matters. And, um, also that that shift to, you know, being home with Cal, hmm. like uh, how was that shift for you? Because I, I, I had a real struggle going from entrepreneurship and teaching both at the same time to just being like a part time entrepreneur and right. at home.
0: Yeah, uh, I won't lie, Scott. It was really hard uh, because I think as men, we wrap up our identity and ego inside of our work and we're defined by that. And so like, imagine this, picture this, you'll, you'll resonate here. I think the listener will as well. In uh, basically the Western modern world, America, when we get into a social environment and we're meeting people for the first time, and you know, as, as guys, we kind of stand in a circle, like, hey, you know, uh, you know, what's your name? And usually the second question, if not the first question, what do you do for work? And so when I was promoted to a stay at home dad, I'm sitting there and <coughs> I knew this question's coming, like like when I get an environment, like, and so I have to sit there. I'm like, oh, gosh, please don't ask the question. Don't ask the question. And then it comes to me like, Kyle, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, um, I'm, I'm actually a stay-at-home dad. And it's one of two responses. Number one, people, and this is the most common people get extremely uncomfortable and, uh, it gets really awkward. And then either people change the subject immediately or ask someone else the same question. (laughs) The second uh, response would be, wow, that's like, that's really cool. Like how's that going? And people kind of get into a reflective state of like, man, I wish I could spend some more time with my kid or my kids. Um, because we've all said it, time goes fast. Like they really grow up. And so that was the response. And I had to sit with that for a long time and I struggled. Like it was hard for me. My ego was wrapped up in my identity, um, my identity at work. And so that, that was really hard for me. And I've pretty much, I've overcome that like that. I'm, it's a sense of pride for me to say, like, I get to be home with my son. We've got a great relationship. Um, and and I will always look back on this time as a really meaningful and fulfilling season of my life.
1: I really like something you said, one that you've come full circle and you're very proud to say this is like, you got to wear those things with a badge of honor, right? Like it's the best thing I've ever done or whatever. And it is going to make people squirm. I've learned Mm -hmm. that even, even me living kind of in a corporate environment um, in the, in the area that I live in saying, I own my own business. I'm an entrepreneur makes people squirm. They're like, they don't know what to think about that. Yeah. well, how, how do you pay your bills? <laughs> they think, you know, you're just like scratching by or whatever. But, um, I really like that you said ego, your ego was wrapped up in your identity. And here's where I came from. My identity was wrapped up in my work yep. and my ego was wrapped up in my identity. So when I changed my work, my ego was crushed. My identity was lost. And that was the biggest thing that I went through kind of mm-hmm. dumping it all and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I thought, Oh, now I'm a father. Now, now I'm a part-time entrepreneur, but that was still a lie. My identity has nothing to do with what I personally do. That is my, my belief at least. Um, and it's so interesting because I, this question about, or when we stand around as a group of men and ask each other that I can't even break that habit myself. I am, but I might come from a different perspective. I am genuinely interested. Like for me, talking to someone and learning what they do is an opportunity yeah. to learn something new. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. tell me about that. Like I met a guy the other day and he's, he sells bottling. So, you know, like uh bottling manufacturing for drinks. He's like, yeah. So we do Pepsi and I go sell and I do, I'm like, this is fascinating. And I t- yeah. started talking about it have you ever heard of silver bullets? And he's like, oh yeah. It's Cause I, all these stories I hear, I try to tie them all together. So then I realized like, I started really working on how do I ask different questions to really get to the depth of something mm. with, you know, without kind of in reinforcing this, what you do is who you are. And yeah. it, it's just a cultural thing we do. It's crazy. Yeah. And
0: I'm the same. I'm fascinated by business. I'm fascinated by business models and how people build businesses and how it works and how it comes together. What's the vision? Where's it going? What's next? So I, I'm, I'm almost guilt. I'm, I'm guilty of it as, as well. And I, I think I approach it from just a curious mind and, and I just want to learn um but you you're right it is a cultural thing i think it's ingrained in us to just kind of get into that and uh i'm trying not to as well but sometimes i just can't help it cuz i'm fascinated
1: yeah yeah uh so i want to, <laughs> me too i'm working on it i'm trying to figure out how to how to pivot but i really am curious i'm very very intrigued about people's uh, way they earn income the way they yeah. make a living what they do through the day i, I want to pivot to um, talking about events because you know, mm-hmm. I've ran events for, well, I, I did big, uh, events for schools, like for students, for my entire grade level, for a leadership course. I, so I'm very versed at running events. And last year I took the, the, um, actually for business as well, but last year I took the leap and did, or this year, I guess it is, I did the, my very first men's event. And I knew what I wanted to have happen. But I also had to approach it from how do I sell this thing? If I tell guys they're going to come and spend three days with me, and walk away with really tight bonds with other men, and talk about things they're not comfortable talking about, there's no sexiness in that at all. And I know you're passionate about you know the the different level of things that happen at your events. I know because I've, I've looked at your content that. Hey guys, here's what really happens when you get around other men, kind of focusing in the same direction as you. So, let's talk a little bit about really what happens at these men's events. I mean, I wrap mine up in shooting guns and and um, hiking and rucking and nature and you know jiu jitsu and all these these really popular things that men like to do or or like to would like to do, Uh, and that's those are amazing. And I know you go do really cool stuff. I'd like to talk about that too. But what is it really that you hope to accomplish in every event that you do?
0: Um, It's such a good question because I I think what will capture, what is a a bigger net to capture men is, is the Trojan horse. Like how how do you create something that guys are interested in, you know, guns, cars, competition, athletic. you know, aviation, like, like, like thrills. And I think that's good because that helps bring guys in, but you, you want to bring guys in give them what they think they want, but you really give them what they need. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think that's connection. I think a lot of men struggle with uh, loneliness, especially, and that's why I think entrepreneurs are maybe more driven to this especially if you went from corporate to entrepreneurship because you probably don't have a good sense of of people in your network and community and circle that understand what you're going through to move to move from entre- sorry to move from corporate america which is like ready aim fire to entrepreneurship which is like fire aim ready like it you just it's very very different and very few people in your network probably understand what that's like so you have to be proactive and intentional to go, to go out and build that network that truly understands you. And I think as men, we're also kind of struggling culturally with, you know, guys just put their head down. Uh, we just grind. Uh, we work. We, we don't ask for help. We don't share things that are going on. Vulnerability is a sense of weakness. And I think um, all the opposite of that is true. And when you give guys a little taste of that, uh, they realize that void, that there's a real big void that's been in their life and they can fill it with connection and a sense of community and a sense of brotherhood uh, and meaningful conversations. Uh, I've seen it happen on mine. I've seen, I'm sure you've seen it happen on yours as well. The Very first one I did, there's a guy who very successful in business. He's got two adult daughters and he shared with us on the last dinner. He's like, guys, I think I put work in front of being a dad my whole life. And he's like, I'm going to change that. And that very night, he calls his family and says, "I'm doing, I'm, I'm making dinner. When I get home, I want to come over and have everyone together." And he shared that with them. And he said, "I want to apologize. I want to ask for your forgiveness. And then going forward, it's going to look like this." Can you imagine hanging on to that for 15, 17, 18, 20 years and having right. that release? Like right. that's that's what it's all about, man. I I think you know, building. I'm at I'm at the stage in my life, and I think you are too, and probably your listeners. A business built on nobility is a business built for longevity. And when you focus on impact and impacting people's lives in meaningful ways, man, like you're, you're making uh, a ripple effect that'll last for a long time. And that's the yeah. foundation of business. And so I don't know that I answered your question other than just kind of word vomiting a lot of stuff. But, um, you know, th- the main key points, I think when you want to attract high level people who get it, and they, they want to have something meaningful in their life and transformation, it's it's very much like my content will be very focused on connecting, very focused on bringing brothers around you in your life to help you go through life together. I'm very comfortable with sharing that as content alongside with the really fun, sexy, cool Trojan horse stuff, and I'm very comfortable with that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really important. Like I was doing, shooting a video for the landing page for this event I have coming up and I'm like, how do I tell them all the cool stuff, but say really, and, and I just had to do it. I just had to speak from yeah. the heart. We're going to do all this cool stuff. But at the end of the day, what you're actually going to remember is this. Yes. And, and what I had to do is I had to go back <clears throat> about eight of the guys that came to my first event, went and posted really long, heartfelt, like mm. almost testimonials. I didn't ask for And I went back and read those. I was like, okay. They're like, I feel like I've never been prepared to be a father. And I had nobody to talk to about it. I feel like I've, I haven't been focusing on my family. And I feel like I was, I've been doing this alone and re in reality, there's other men going through the exact same things as me. And there's power in that. And words like intentionality and vulnerability came up. If I marketed it on vul- vulnerability, in fact, my my web designer put vulnerability. She knows that's incredibly important to me. It's one of the pillars of our first event. I'm like, you can't put that word front and center on my website because guys would be like, what is this? But vulnerability really is strength. And I think yep. once you you've stepped on the other side of that experience, you're like, oh, I get it now. And my, my goal, and it sounds like yours is to get guys to that place where they can look inside and be, Oh, I've been so focused on work that I've neglected my family because a lot of guys think they're doing good. That at least they'll say it, but I think on the inside, they know they're not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just had a a gentleman I know incredibly successful reached out to me and he's like, "I, I, 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 I need help. Uh, like I've been so focused on entrepreneurship for so many years, I don't even know how. I mm. love my family dearly, and I don't even know how. So, um, y- you know, we are praised in the world for being really successful for our yep. success, and less people will say stuff about how you are as a father and a husband, which is mm. really sad. It's sad on our <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on our culture, but it. I want to change that, and I think you might too.
0: Yeah, well, I would. Maybe you've seen it, or maybe your listener has seen it. That there's a new movie on um, Ferrari. Have you seen that on Netflix? I think it's Netflix, or maybe it's Prime. Um, My son told me about it.
1: Yeah, they they talk about the guy who started it,
0: and it's this whole struggle of of creating something. And he was a father, and a very, very absent father. And at the end of the day. At the end of your life, when you look back on it, what's more meaningful? I mean, I think I know my answer. I think you know your answer. But I think every man, every person, we're speaking to men here, every man needs to be comfortable with their answer. And and that to me is what I've decided on. And that's the path I'm going down.
1: Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I was talking to another guy that's helping me um, kind of do some of the marketing aspect of my next event. And he was there. And he said that first day was so incredibly painfully um, what do you, what did he say uh, awkward, and I'm sitting there watching everybody. You know, I'm watching, doing logistical stuff, making sure greeting, and um, and that first night I did a speech about intentionality. Uh, vulnerability and accountability. Those were the three pillars. You know, I left my heart on the table and then we did it around the fire, like sharing of like, Hey, what brought you here? And I, and the guys just opened, mm-hmm. cracked open. I mean, they just boom. They're like, well, I think they came to that moment right at that moment. They came to the idea of this is much bigger than I really admitted. It was like, and, and they admitted like yeah. how hard it was to actually get on the plane how difficult it was coming to a place where they didn't know other men and yep. hearing him say it was so incredibly awkward yet. He was the first one to buy his ticket for the next event. You know, like take yeah. my money now. Um, it's that I think any men listening, they're like, this is not for me because I've talked to you. I've talked to you. I've gotten on the phone with you and you're like, yeah, I'm not interested at all. I don't think that's the truth. <laughs> I don't think, I think that's a lie to yourself. I don't, I I think that all men need to have a deeper relationship with other men where they can what what we turn the same gentleman said, you know, we all just dropped our social armor. We all just laid it on the ground and let let everyone see who we really are. And there is so much power in that. Uh, What do Mm -hmm. you do and how do you how have you seen like getting to that point where these guys go away from this with something much greater than the great adventure you put them through?
0: Hmm. I think that the beauty of, of what we've got going on at guys trip and what you're doing as well, Scott is we, we meet guys where they're at and like you had said, I think some guys are going to show up and they're going to be a little bit more guarded and some guys are going to show up and they're, they're willing to, to have these conversations and both are, both are okay. But what I found these trips create awareness with, with, in, with inside men and they, they will leave them saying, I will never forget this conversation. I will never forget, um, what, what Scott shared in front of the group and then what, what so-and-so shared around the campfire. And that will leave a lasting impression on them and they will constantly have to face, um, what am I going to do here? Am, am I going to continue to stuff this and bury this or am I going to address it? And I think that's the beauty in these things, because I've seen guys I have anywhere from a third to a half of my trips are are repeat or alumni. And I watch the transformation from some of these guys who show up to their first one very, very guarded. And on the second one, it's like they're a complete different human being and they're willing to share what's going on and they're willing to say, hey, I, I remember this conversation and I've taken that to heart and I've made some changes and now here's where things are at. It's amazing. If you just look at a snapshot of time as the trip, we're doing it a disservice because the the ripple effect and the impact will have a very long lasting trail that we need to be mindful of and guys need to have support post event. Uh, and, and what does that look like with inside my business and, and what you're doing? But there's there's a long tail to these trips, and we need to remember that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a really long tail. Um, the work is not easy. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you? How do you keep your motivation around the impact that you can have, like and and what you're doing when you are? You know, you you have I believe a young son, pretty yeah. young, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, a wife who's in corporate, which is great for her. Um, how are you, how are you staying the course?
0: Hmm. Yeah. Our son will be six in uh, March of 2023. And then I'm 43 shortly after that. Um, but to me, I think it's, it's witnessing and, and this is hard. Cause I don't think guys are really good at this, but I like to see the end of the story. I want to see how the story unfolds. And sometimes, even as a teacher, I mean, you probably get this. Like, people don't always tell you. They don't always tell you the impact. They don't tell you the end of the story. They may not say, they say thank you, but they don't really say it um, until months or perhaps years after. Mm-hmm. But from time to time, and it always seems to be sprinkled in, Scott, like when I need it the most. When you ride the the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, there's valleys, there's dips. And when you're in those dips, it just feels like somehow, some way. Someone shows up and says, "Hey, I just want to say thank you." Or, "Hey that that trip." I, I spoke to a guy two nights ago. Hey, that trip that I took in in May, I went home and I implemented some changes, and I hired um, a COO, and now I'm working half the time I'm having to work, and I've got two young kids at home. Like, thank you, that was life changing. You get those little bits, those little glimmers of of of, um, of sunshine that just say, "Hey, keep going." Mm-hmm. keep moving forward. What you're doing is having an impact. What you're doing is, is making an impact on others and has a ripple effect in their life. Keep going. And I think to me, that's what's most important. And I'm starting to see it more and more.
1: Yeah. I, I uh, 100% agree, especially with the, you've done it over and over and over again, and you're you're honing this craft and more and more of yeah. men, men being exposed and um, introduced to what you're doing. It's amazing. I want to talk about fatherhood and being a husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- these are These are things obviously I'm very passionate about. Uh, yeah. First and foremost for me is, is being a husband because I believe that's the, yeah. that's the magic ticket to be an amazing father. Um, how do you I'd love to hear some of your top like value or action items that you do to keep things solid in your marriage and keep you on point as a father.
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and it's a. I really enjoy this conversation because I 100% agree that being a husband first is, is the best way to be a father. And I think when your kids see you um, being intentional with your spouse, that's probably one of the best ways that that you can show up as a father. Um, and I'll be the first one to admit that I fall down a lot in this category, and I'm not good at it. Like someone who's driven who's building a business. So like a lot of times you build in these silos and, okay, I've got all these goals for guys trip in 2023. And you you look around like, okay, well, what are my goals with my wife? Like, what are we working towards together? Um, and I'm, I'm a big, like visionary type person, really big on whatever those tests are where I'm an ideator, right? I get all these ideas and these visions and all these things. And it's probably not surprising to hear that, that my wife is the extreme opposite and she's really good at executing and really good at doing what's right in front of her. And she struggles with vision and things like that. So as we, you know, when you and I are recording this, I, this is nerdy, man, but every, every year, probably since we've been married, we've been married almost 10 years, 10 years next month, the week between Christmas and new year's, I sit down and I, I pour myself extensively into recapping the year and into vision casting the next year. And then I sit down with my wife and I say, here's where we're at. Here's what I'm focused on personally, professionally, and then relationally together. And then I'll force her to do the same so that I can know what she's focused on and I can support her. Now we've been living up here in the Northwoods um, full time for a, like a big chunk of the last two years. And so to actually go on date nights is literally impossible because we're living in the winter. There's not any, there's not a lot of people up here. So for us to have a babysitter, literally it's impossible. So we have to be a little bit more intentional with how we schedule that in. So we're looking at our calendars. Hey, when do we get time together? Like quarterly, it's our goal to have one overnight together with, without our son, and then we take family vacations together. I heard, um, and I try to implement this seven and seven and seven. So every seven days, it's a meal together as a family. Every seven weeks, it's a vacation together as a family, smaller one. And then every seven months, it's a longer vacation as a family. So seven and seven and seven has been a really cool tool that we've used to implement. Um, and then we just kind of break things down by quarter. What do we want to see happen in 20? Like, ex- example, I hate to use it, but since it's a, It's relevant for me right now, as we're breaking out the year, I've got our whole year planned out. And so it's kind of funny when people ask like, Hey, this next weekend, you want to come out to do this? I'm like, no, man, like my next 13 months are planned out. I got, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's a lesson there too. It's, it's to have some boundaries and it's not to overcommit and overfill your calendar. Um, and the last one, I think as a father, um, for me, it's really important. I only got one, one kid. So this is a little bit easier for me. I'll take what I call a dude venture and once a year, Cal and I go on an overnight together. It's two nights. So the last two years it's been to the Wisconsin Dells and we stay at the same resort, the Kalahari, and it's just father, son, and and it's a time where we can be intentional together. I can pour into him and I see it as, because again, he's almost six, but as he gets older, my desire is to create a space and a container for him where maybe he can feel like he can share whatever's going on in his life. Maybe there's a bit of a a rite of passage type thing that goes on there. I got some time to figure that out, but I want to create the tradition um, of spending time with him intentionally and doing something fun in a meaningful way. So again, I went off on a tangent probably, but I think maybe the most important thing to share is, is being intentional. And I think we're intentional with our business. We're intentional with our health goals, but how are we being intentional with our marriage and our family?
1: Yeah, we have very, very close alignment. Very close alignment on that, and it's funny because just yesterday I was like, "It's not planned." So I'm, I live a little different than you. I'm I am actually an implementer. I'm an I'm a I'm a guy that's going to make things happen.
0: Hey, but we should work together then, Scott. I need I, you in I, my life.
1: <laughs> I know you know how much I hear that, and like my uh, it's it's a gift. It's an amazing gift. Like yep. putting logistical things together. Absolutely, let me go. Uh, let me do it. And that's probably why businesses work for me is I can do that. The, um, but yesterday I was like, I think I just need to book a hotel for a night, you know, an hour away and, or however far away and take my wife and do year end reflection and yeah. year, year in advance, like, of course, and, and date. I mean, she, she's my fighter. She's the one that has the checklist. She has to get her checklist done or she can't move on. And, yeah. um. Uh, and I'm like, we need to have a date night. 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 And she's like, yeah. and then I, I just, I'm the guy that just has to say, get in the car. <laughs> We're going. Yeah. Um, and then she lets loose and, and we have a great time. But I think a lot of people are, a lot of men are stuck in a prescription instead of like really looking at that intentionality. And what I mean by that is, when we do a date we will have the conversation are we going to have a business date are we going to have like a love affair date are we going to not talk about kids and business and we are very intentional around that and i think it sounds like you are very much in that that mind that that methodology and i think that that is like next level it's next level like telling your wife hey I would like just to connect on a level between you and me and talk about our dreams and aspirations mm-hmm. and how things are going and not talk about kids in business. And, yeah. um, and you know, I, I, I say this all the time, but anytime I go to dinner with my wife, cause I don't, I don't have that trouble. I live in a place where I can go all sorts of places, too many choices. When we get there, I hand her my phone. Um, and what I, my intention is, is like, you can have your phone because you're worried about the kids. I get it but Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you my phone so you know that my attention is on you. You know how hard that is. That's so hard. It's very symbolic too, I
0: think of of where your heart is. And I think there's, it's almost like this is a big symbol that I'm here and I'm present and I want to focus uh, on you and with you. And I think that's, even if I heard someone say like, there's rituals that you can do. Like when you leave, like when I leave this room from a podcast, like if like Notre Dame football, where they touch that little yeah. board as they walk, yeah. just do something where like, hey, I'm switching my hat now and I'm leaving uh, entrepreneur mode and I'm stepping into husband father mode. And so, it might sound silly, but I think that's really important.
1: No, I teach guys like if you do a drive uh, the, from work home, that is a gift of time to you, that is your yeah. rest. When you yeah. get home, it's not time to rest. It's not time to grab a beer, sit back and watch TV, it's time to engage. So you need to yeah. spend that time doing the rest but then I'm like, if there's a tree or a pillar or something in front of your house, touch that, literally touch it and release everything. Like literally like think all of that is going into that for me walking since I work from home and I walk out that door, I literally outside um, out loud when I am done with the day when I'm like really going to close it. I'm like, I say out loud, how can I best serve my family? Mm -hmm. And it sets my brain into pace. And I love that you said that because it does sound silly, but we have to create patterns and connections in our mind that let us know, oh, wait, there's a bigger thing standing outside that door or inside that house. And so many men will come home and like, I've been making decisions all day. I've done this. I've been making decisions all day. I can't talk. Well, guess what? Your wife has been at work making decisions all day. Your kids have been at school making decisions all day, or your wife's been at home making decisions all day. Nobody has voided that. And I think we have to remember that, put that in perspective, be like, wait a minute, this isn't about me right now. Yeah. Um, And I, you probably know it too. There's energy in that. Actually, get energy in that. It's not draining when you when you change your mindset. It's not draining. Yeah. Uh, Before we started, before we hit record, you're in the snow, and um, you were saying that you you like snowshoeing. And I, I love the the next part, and I want to talk about this because I think there's some we'll, we'll wrap up with this, but there's some some dangers in getting your family involved in the same things that you do or expecting them to. But you you talked about you know buying sh- snowshoes for your wife and your kid, your yeah. son um, Cal. How is that How has that been? And uh, you know what is your view on dads who are super into something? pushing their kids into it?
0: Well, um, I don't know if I have this figure. Can I just be honest? I don't know if I have this figured out. Like I'm figuring it out just like everyone else. And I think there's a bit of awareness to what you need along with understanding that you're at service to your wife and kid or kids as well. So what's the balance there? I don't, I don't know the answer to it, but um, there are things that I love, uh, golf, for example, and I've taught my son golf. And so a lot of times he comes with me and I've got it. I've got, no, I've got this one, fig- I'm happy to share this. So I've got this one figured out a little bit. I love golf and I'm my son does as well and we'll play nine holes together. And so he'll play the first couple holes. And when we get to hole number six, there is a snack shop. So he gets like a little snack, then he takes a hole off. And then he gets, he picks it back up then around eight and nine, and then we get a snack after and he loves it. So I've got, it's me being aware to what does he need? And it's sharing the love of a of a passion and a sport with him because what's my long-term goal? Well, Scott, like golf is one of the things that I, I should be able to play well into my 60s and 70s. I may not be able to do that with other things. And so I, I think maybe the first thing to learn there is what's the end goal? Like what do you yeah. want to have happen here? And thinking longer term and then finding ways to make it fun for for our kids, I think is is important. And I don't know if this is a newsflash or not, but he can have fun at the same time as I can have fun. So we can do this together. And there's instances then where maybe it's men's league or men's night on the golf course and I'll play on my own. Like you can make all this work. It's not an either or to me, it's an and. And that's how I'm kind of approaching it. And, you know, he doesn't keep score. He's a super competitive dude. And I've forced him into thinking at this point in his age and development, uh, instead of asking for his score, I just, Hey, did you have fun on that hole? That's and right. we, I literally write down a smile on the scorecard for each hole where he says, and, and every, every time he it's a smile. So he has a great time with it. So I think it's just having the awareness uh, around some of those things and snowshoeing, for example, too, there's, I'm looking for ways to do more things with my family. I've already have enough passions, hobbies, and interests that pull me away. I don't need any more of that. I need more of what brings us together as a family. The average round of golf is four and a half hours. So if I'm playing golf on whatever it might be, that's a long chunk of my day to be gone. And I don't need more of that. I want more time with my family. And so now how would I look at sharing some of these things with them, incorporating them, and, and finding ways to be together? Like, especially here at the cabin where there's not much going on. I don't need to be gone and being on my own for hours upon hours. I've got the times of my day where I get that Cal sleeps in till eight 30. I'm up at six. I've got two and a half hours on my own. I don't need any more time on my own. I need more time with my family.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so good. I, uh, when my boys were young, I owned, I owned a CrossFit gym. So I was, you know, and I, of course I taught them how to lift and do Olympic lifting mm-hmm. super early and I love doing it. And mountain biking was another thing. And what I learned is, Hey, as soon as they're not interested, it's okay. Yep. And, um, for my wife and I, it's been an interesting thing. Now we, they're both teenagers. One's, you know, ready to move out of the home once uh, in high school. And we, my wife and I work out every day and we actually enjoy it. It's what we enjoy mm-hmm. to do. We don't do it together, but we enjoy it. And, to what you're saying is like we exposed them and as long as they were interested they were involved whether yeah. they chose to do something competitive with it or anything that was totally up to them but now literally my 15 year old and my 18 year old are in the gym six days a week minimum an hour yeah. each i do not tell them i do not remind them i did not set a yeah. schedule one of them asked me to program his workouts for him one hour he went and found other, and i'm like that's what having passion is, displaying it, exposing, and then let it build out. They didn't start doing that until way longer later. There was a massive gap, but now they have this love. And And I know it's not as great as snowshoeing or gulping because it's not something we do together. But there are other things that we do together like that. But I think that long game, that long well, game and like let it happen. Yes. and And
0: to that point, Scott, w- what do guys do? When their kids have interests outside of their own, so I'm big on sports. I have, I, I, love that. I love to work out as well. But what happens if Cal wants to get into Cub Scouts or something mm-hmm. I've never done before? Like the real flex, I think for parents, fathers especially, is to follow an interest that your kid has when it's not your own. And I think that's a bigger challenge. I've, I'm at a stage you know, again, Cal six, where that really hasn't come up yet, but what happens if it does, am I going to let my ego go and, and just follow him and get excited about what he's excited about? I don't know. I mean, that'll be a challenge for me, I think, but I, I'm certainly up for that challenge. Have you, let me turn the tape. Can I interview you here for a second, Scott? Yeah, sure. you got older kids. Mm-hmm. So like, have you ever had your, your kids get interested in something that maybe oh, yeah. you weren't? Oh, yeah. And what was that like for you?
1: Yeah. So both of them, um, You know, they did sports in middle school, but in high school in Texas, uh, marching band is intense. Mm. Like we travel all over the place. We are and I have no skill, no interest in playing. I mean, I'd love to be able to play guitar. I tried for years and it was like asking. I don't have to be able to do and I don't have to follow them around like a freaking helicopter parent. Yeah. I don't have to be, you know, volunteering for every single thing, but I am present and I do listen and I understand, I listen. And there's so many lessons that were taught through that leadership lessons, yeah. how to not lead, how to lead, how to, how to stand yeah. out in a crowd, how to say no when things aren't going right. Um, but I had to just literally embrace that and be with it as long as it was going to be and support. And like I said, going to a competition, it was like torture for me until my son was on the on the field right it's just like oh this is the most horrible thing but i never said that to them and the other the other thing is um i'm i had an amazing role model my dad when i was a teen i was a good skateboarder snowboarder and skateboarder and mountain biker is what i did he did none of those things Hmm. so he saw this opportunity to bond by not following me around on my skateboard, not taking me to competitions, not doing that yeah. stuff. But he's like, let's build a half pipe. I'm like, what? Yeah. He's like, let's build a big ass half pipe and put it back here on our property. Uh, you're yeah. going to take a big chunk of my property. I don't care. We're going to put it. There. And That's we cool. did. We spent an entire summer and I learned so much about yeah. building. I learned so much about my dad. I learned about you know what he was willing to do. And so now he was a part of it. Actively and passively at the same time, which yeah. I think is incredibly important. Because he
0: was interested. Like he yeah. was interested in it, interested in you. Yeah. And I think that's the lesson here is just be, to be interested in our kids. It sounds simple, yeah. but that's that's pretty cool. I look forward to getting into that topic when, oh, when we switch roles here and you jump on. To, All right. Uh, to yeah. Path. It's yeah. it's
1: it's something that I've seen come full circle and it's been an incredible journey. It's, it's really sad because there is a kid I know locally and um, his dad played football in college. And he's this kid's small. And yeah. I trained him over the summers and I, I looked at him like, you have got to get into gymnastics. Like you could go to call a D one college with gymnastics, your shoulder girth, oh. your shoulder, everything about you is built for gymnastics. Yeah. And I've never been a gymnastics coach, but like, I could see this, this kid could do a strict muscle up. Like no one ever taught him. And he's just, you know, and doing all, you know, these, I'm like, I can see this kid doing all this stuff. But I also saw the pressure from, the parents being like, well, football is the thing. Guess what happened in high school? He got crushed. He's super, super, super athletic. Absolutely destroyed, like physically destroyed because he's so small and he's put on the really good team because he's, but he's so small. And I'm like sitting here going, Mm. hopefully this was his choice, not his parents. Because if he would have at least had exposure to this other thing, I think he literally would have been world-class. And that's the kind of thing I look at parents. I'm like, stop it. Stop. Stop projecting what you wish you would have done or you did. And just embrace your kids' talents and interests and fall in love with the process of going through the process with them.
0: Oh, man. I think one of the biggest things that Lois and I focus on is like, how do we help Cal figure out who he is early on and then foster that and encourage that and build on that and not what we hope we want for him. You
1: know,
0: I I wish I was a, a, a pilot. And I, I, I sometimes like Cal, let's go, you know, I try to push him into that and I want him to have a shared passion, but if he doesn't want to do it, my my role as a dad is to figure out who he is, help him identify who he is and then encourage that and and build on that. I think that's exactly what you're, you're talking about too.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I love these conversations. I love them. Um, well let's, let's do a quick pitch on your stuff because there's no shortage uh, or there is a shortage on events where guys don't just go do really hard things. You know, there's a lot of these like kill yourself events, which, Hey, look, I think there's a place for them, but I think, um, events and activities where men actually come together and and there's an intentionality to getting them to bond closer. Um, so I want you to have that moment to tell guys what you do, how you do it, when you do it.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, depending on when people would listen to this, um, 2023, we have kind of our schedule and our calendar lined up. And the, probably the best way to see that is guys trip.co. That's our website. You can see all the things we've done in the past. You can see all the things coming up in the future. In 2023, we've got two big events. We're doing the Inca trail in the fall. Ooh. And then we're also doing coastal Maine in the fall. I'm building a couple other things. We're going to kind of get into, um, what I'm really, I love golf. Like I, I said before, <laughs> And so I want to build a guys trip golf tournament and so more more people to it it'll be a quick weekend type thing we're looking at the Robert Trent Jones trail in Alabama and wow. so uh, probably by the time that maybe this is released I'll announce that and the dates will be there so we have a series of like so the the Inca trail is six nights there's just no way around it and so there's a, a, a longer term commitment trip like that the coastal main is three nights And then I'm building out a series of what I call Guys Saturdays, which is just a four-hour container to help guys do the same thing, connect, learn, have fun, but it's in a really accessible format in in four hours. And so we have a few markets we are doing that in Minneapolis, Scottsdale, Phoenix, Austin, uh, Charlotte. And then I'm gonna build it out in Green Bay as well, just because my folks are from Wisconsin. So if it gives me an excuse to go spend some time with my folks, I wanna build it around it. So if you're in any of those markets, pay attention to what we have going on there. Um, And then uh, the podcast is out there as well. Um, And then we kind of have a shop talk guys newsletter as well that you could sign up for just to stay on top of it. So any of those ways are great, Um, but yeah, we've, I'm finding Scott that guys are flying in for these Saturdays because wow. they're like, "Hey, I, I maybe maybe this in the season I'm in financially or business building wise, I can't do the three night commitment or a six night commitment, but man, I could make a weekend out of it." And January um, in you know Scottsdale in January sounds pretty nice, especially if you live in the north like myself. So those are really accessible. I mean, they're maybe a hundred bucks, maybe it's 175 bucks. It's a really low financial commitment, but you wow. the return on that investment is pretty sweet. So that's probably the best way I think maybe to get involved is just check out the website and see what we're up to.
1: That's awesome. Kyle, it's been an absolute pleasure. Just like the first time I talked with you, uh, taking away a lot and I think you have a lot to offer men. So I really wanna applaud you for what you're doing and the efforts you're Thank putting you. in. Uh, yeah. with your wife, your your son, and with other men around the world. Thank you so much for being a guest.
0: Thanks for having me on, Scott. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts, From the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.